Hello and welcome to the Massive Mediocrity Podcast. The brothers are back, Max Kessling, Fraser Kessling, and a friend, a guy you know from last year's podcast, the betting aficionado, Joey Betts is here. Frage, Joe, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, thank you for having me back. Very excited. Uh, you know, football season is my favorite time of year, so uh, really looking forward to getting into all the fantasy talk, the prop bets and everything. Um, this is pretty much my favorite thing to do on the planet, so thanks for bringing me back, boys. I'm excited. Joey, love the energy. You know, if we can redo that, though, because Max kind of had a late start in pressing the button, so we're going to have to re-record all this, but uh, Joey, I think you did great there. Uh, <laughs> Cool. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, it, football season's right around the corner. You know, I've been, I've had three uh, fancy drafts already. Um, you know, when's the first game? September eighth. God, I should know that off it's the top Thursday of my head. After, I know. Thurs, Thursday after Labor Day. Nice. Yeah, I'm very excited. So, um, yeah, right around the corner. So, prop bets and fantasy cool. is what is what we're gonna bring you today. How, yeah. uh, Joe, how, how have you been, like, maintaining yourself throughout this dead period without football? Oh, man. I mean, to, in my opinion, you know, football is the only uh, uh, sport that goes full year-round. I mean, there's no off-season the way that I handle it, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there, ba- baseball, you know, you go through the dead months of winter and there's nothing going on and everything. But with the NFL, the, the way that the off-season structured – um, I've been I've been really staying on top of uh, some season win totals, doing a bunch of fantasy mock drafts. I mean, there's year-round content, and I love the NFL draft, the real draft. I'm a huge draft junkie. I'm always um, trying to get ahead of the, the curve when it comes to studying up on the rookies who are going to be entering the league. Um, and I really like drafting rookie running backs, so I look at them a lot. So been staying very busy, guys. That's good. There's a great way. It's like a hack to figuring out the draft, but it's something that I will refuse to do, which is just to watch college football. Cause I feel like that's a great way to get an understanding of like who these players are, but fuck that. Like I'm not investing all that time into watching college football just for like one hundredth of the players to be relevant, you know, for any period of time. So uh, I just, I agree. But my draft prep is always like, what's what's Mel Kuyper saying? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Mel, Mel and Todd. And, uh, you know, we don't have to listen to uh, John Gruden break down draft analysis anymore. Thank God he's making his own mistakes over for the Raiders. But Knock on wood if you're He is me. not. How dare you? <laughs> I am a big fan. Uh, I've been know, liking man. this season of Hard Knocks. I'm into it. Hey, I love Hard Knocks right now, man. I actually didn't get a chance to watch the episode last night, but um, I I can I cannot. Um, sorry, let me get my thoughts in order. I just I need as much Antonio Brown coverage as I can possibly get right now. Like, I can't get enough of it. I absolutely love all of it. Dude, put that shit right Dude, into my veins. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, I think he's gonna have actually a really good season. Honestly. Like, I don't care what everyone says right now. I think he's going to have, like, another, like, 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, man. I, I think I lean... Like, at a minimum. I lean uh, towards your side of that argument. I think a lot of people out here are saying, like, oh, I'm not, I would never draft Antonio Brown. Look at him. He's crazy. Man, I'm, I'm not too worried about it from a stats standpoint. I mean, Derek Carr has a tendency to hyper-target his number one receiver. We saw it with Amari Cooper. We saw it with Jared Cook last year. 
and Antonio's Antonio, man. Yeah, and Michael Crabtree, too, for sure. But AB is AB, dude, and business is booming, like always. So one quick yeah. thing. And I, whatever... Yeah, I, feel, I feel... I feel... I, I tend to agree with... I think he'll be better than a lot of people think. Um, my big issue with him is in fantasy, when you're drafting him, you know, you, when you're pretty much forced to draft him either in the second or third round, I just have a hard time. Third round, not so much because you're willing to take a few more shots. But in the first two rounds, my, my main goal is not to fuck up. That's like the best possible outcome from the first two rounds. Is like I don't have any absolute duds. And I just am a, there's a little bit of me that's still nervous at the fact that he, he could easily be a dud. Yeah, I hear that. I think you need to be in the back end of the second round. I think you need to have an early pick grab one of the stud running backs at the top end of the first and then catch AB on that turn at the back end of the second for me to really feel truly comfortable with it Um, because there is that Mm -hmm. slight risk with everything that's been going on and the foot issue really I'm more worried about the foot issue than I am about his psyche right now but um, I I still think he's worth a shot because he's a guy that could he could catch 95 to 100 balls even with Derek Carr as his QB. But I definitely, He's still a beast. I hear what you're saying. I think you're dead on about um, your first two rounds wanting to avoid risk as much as possible, for sure. I, I think he's an early third for me because I was in this exact scenario in my main league. Um, I was pick three. Had, had uh, first pick Kamara, uh, second round uh, got Chubb, and then third round I was going to pick AB if he was still around. Um, but the problem is, like, there's always kind of a guy that's there, like, that's better or equivalent. Like, Mike Evans that was tier. around for me in the third. Yep. In, in that tier. And AB was already picked, which they're equivalent to me. So mm-hmm. um, I think early thirds where he, like, is going to end up falling because a lot of those guys before him are the ones that can fall or, like, Juju could possibly fall, Odell could possibly fall. Um, some of those running backs could fall, like a Delvin Cook and things like that. So those guys are kind of the end of the second covered. So I feel like he's a third-round guy, but that's my opinion. All fair. Yeah, all fair is in love and war. That's right, right, man. That's what they say. (laughs) All fair is in (laughs) in fantasy football and love. (laughs) Wow, that was butchered. All right. Yeah. Let's get into uh, one of our favorite topics, the NFL over-unders. This is – Something I want to say is Vegas is really good, in my opinion, like at getting close for the most part. They even usually get the team that is expected to make a big jump. I'd be surprised. I haven't looked necessarily at this list yet, but I wonder what they have a team like the 49ers at. Yep, eight and a half. So, uh, Joe, what is your perspective of of how Vegas has over-unders? Okay, well, um, I love betting these personally. I was afraid to like two years ago maybe three years ago at this point as I'm getting older um, when I first started betting because I was afraid of like managing my conflict throughout the season um, having to like you know like hope for um, you know for example one year I took the Ravens like um, under nine wins and I think they went like ten and six because they had a couple like fluke wins but it was kind of miserable because like every time they won I was like angry about my bet progress and everything not looking that great (laughs) but i've come to really love them because this is my thing with them um you have all off season to compile opinions from multiple perspectives and you know i'm i tend to be more of a contrarian gambler i tend to um you know look public opinion in the eye and say 
I'll do I'll I'll go the other way. I'll do the opposite on that. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity because you're given all off season to study these numbers and you're looking at the same number for three, four months at a time over the summer while there's nothing going on. And you're able to really monitor the way that the lines um, fluctuate over the course of the summer. And if, you know, if a team, if a team's total jumps from seven to seven and a half, um, you know, around this time of year, it's usually a good indication where the sharp money's going. Um, so I've learned to really like these um, you were asking about the 49ers. I'm not a big believer in uh, Jimmy Jesus there myself. I need to see him <laughs> do it for uh, for a full season before I start taking them to finish above 500. I had the 49ers under eight wins last season, and I don't really have a problem taking it again. It's not my one of my favorites this year, but that's just my quick take on that. <laughs> yeah, Fraze, what's your perspective in general? And then I guess on the Niners. Yeah, I think... Joey made a great point is, you know, the general public will, you know, they have a lot of factors that go into their betting. You know what I mean? A lot of times the normal average Joe who gambles um, isn't paying attention to, they, they just look to see like what teams they like, <laughs> average Joe. Uh, yeah, I, I took a, <laughs> I took a lot of offense to that, but I was just going to let you keep going. Damn. Nah, uh, I'm shit. Just, there's, <laughs> there's nothing like insulting your podcast guest like 30s. <laughs> 30 seconds into it it's yeah. cool man <laughs> so your um normal person i don't know there's like no you know how like people get that Go bullshit ahead. stuff like no <laughs> shut up joe it, all due respect <laughs> it's like just joshing you like what josh was like he's like josh oh josh the trickster like can you imagine being such a big trickster that forever it's just like oh just josh unless it's short for another word or like average Joe. Like there must have been some Joe that was like literally the most normal guy ever. Just so you know, like, fucking average, dude. He is he's <laughs> so beyond average that everyone from here on out will now be average Joe. Yeah. All right, that's my take on we're, on we're, names. We were talking about that in the podcast, how in football there's no like wins above replacement necessarily like there is in baseball. But if there was for running backs, it would be Buck Allen. So it'd be wins above Buck Allen. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. That'd be a pretty yeah, going forward. I like that. Yeah. So or as like wins saying, above Justin Forsett. Yeah. As I was saying, basically the normal betting person who's not paying a ton of ton of you know, they don't notice all of the roster movements. You know, they're betting on their heart. So it's like teams like the Red Sox and in this case like the Packers, like they always have inflated totals or inflated super lot because people who are diehard fans cowboy it, it teams like that they'll put more money on it so like the number will be kind of off sometimes so you can find you know they might not be the best odds or you might not get the best return just because a lot of people are betting it so you can kind of find stuff like that and as joe was saying like if you follow the sharp money or the contrarian stuff or i mean one of the biggest things is over under as, as far as like player props so over under on touchdowns uh, rushing yards receiving if you just went under on every single player prop you the, i think they hit at it was something crazy like 60 percent or like 65 percent of all player props go under it, it might even be a higher number than that but Damn, that's just crazy. because because people are always betting like oh i think they'll have a great year but they're not factoring in injuries bad quarterback you know, like dumb shit that like goes on all the time that is going to cut these players' totals, you know, almost instantly. 
or just they're having a down year because like a lot of times they base those numbers off you know not always their average years but like their good years so just that's something to take it in consideration uh that's more for the player props but um if you're just going back to the win totals a lot of times it's it, it can kind of change based on narratives uh, jimmy g narrative um the hard knocks narrative stuff like that yeah absolutely narratives yeah, everyone's basically a bills fan <laughs> yeah they, they think that they're gonna be better next year every year is they're gonna be better next year oh they'll be better trust me that's why it's actually funny you bring that up. I do like the Bills this year, man. I do. I hate to say <laughs> Me it. Too. Me too. <laughs> I think this is the year that it might actually be different this time, man. I don't think they're going to – I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl or anything. It's funny. My boss is the biggest Bills homer I've ever met, and he's got a he, – he just sent one of his coworkers out to Vegas this weekend, and he came back with a 30-1 to Bills to win the AFC ticket. I said, you're crazy, but – um, but I, I do actually, that's one of the bets I've already placed this season. I took the bills over six and a half wins. Now I found oh, it. At, you had it at six oh, wow. and a half. That's the thing. Yeah. I found it at six and a half. It's up to seven right now. I'm looking at yeah, it. I even, I'm even looking at seven and a half right now. Yep. Yep. I'm looking at seven minus one thirty-five. We've seen seven and a half so far. Um, and I was lucky to grab it at six and a half. I had to pay a little bit. I got it at about minus 180, so I had to pay up for the price. Okay. Um, but I just don't see like a world where Buffalo isn't at the very minimum seven and nine this year. I think they can easily go I 500. I agree. I think Sean McDermott, I think that defense is really ready to take a step forward. Um, they showed signs last year. I think they have even more people. Do we know the update on Trevarius White? What's going on with him? I know that he, there was some injury stuff, but I, I, I don't. I haven't really looked into it too much. Um, I'm not really sure at Josh the Allen moment. Too. Yeah. Like if Josh Allen stays healthy, that's going to be important to their success because like he was pretty good. Um, and if he's injured, if your number one QB goes down, I think that's going to tank their win total personally. But. Um, Trey White was back in practice on Monday as of this cool. week, so that's nice. a good sign. Um, and, yeah, I, def I definitely agree, like, a big part of their season rides on Allen, and I'm not ready to, like, anoint Josh Allen as this uh, second-year quarterback who's going to take this massive leap this year. I don't see a Wentz-like or a Mahomes-like second-year leap, but I do think he has the ability to take – let's say, a Mitch Trubisky-type second-year leap, where he's not turning the ball over every play, he's getting first downs with his legs, and he's completing more high-percentage passes, which in the end is going to just be better for the team. So, there it is. Yeah, and I, and I was with Frazier all the way when he, start, when he brought up that young defense. I think they were already second or third in the league in defensive DVOA last year, and that was without Ed Oliver, who I love. I, I'm a oh, big... Yeah. Big Ed Oliver fan. I think I don't think that Ed Oliver has a shot at defensive rookie of the year, which we might get into later. Um, based on his position, he's a defensive tackle who's not going to fill up the stat sheet. But I think that he will eat up a lot of um, space on that offensive line for um, Tremaine Edmonds, their young stud middle linebacker, to, to potentially have a breakout year. Yeah, I, I like that. I think Josh Allen, here's a little sleeper fantasy pick too. You know, if you're in a dumb, deep, like, fantasy league and you know you're it's a 14 or 16 team league something like that Cole Beasley just as someone who's going to eat up a ton of targets um, someone who's actually going to play underneath you know I think that they're going to make kind of a more concerted effort to actually just get completions 
and not just trying to chuck the ball like that Joe Flacco Hun offense down in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, or now Denver, I think that they're going to try to get, you know, the ball short. And John Brown, John Brown's legit. You know, John, they have some decent wide receivers. If Josh Allen can just be le- slightly below league average when it comes to, like, completion percentage or, ar- like, his arm talent, just, like, slightly below league average with his legs and everything like that, I think that there's no way that they go under seven wins. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think they have a potential to, to compete for a wild card, but I don't want to really be that bold. I'm not in love with this Buffalo team. I think they still have flaws, but I think they'll be very frisky this year and a, and a, a good team to watch to bet, especially at home against the spread. Anytime they're a home dog, I'm all over Buffalo. Home dogs in general. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> you know you know how much I love betting dogs. We all know this, but... Uh, well, Buffalo specifically, man, people people are not ready to travel into Western New York. They they think they're um, walking in there with an easy win, and it's it's not going to be that easy. It's crazy. Cool. All right. So, is there any teams uh, that let's let's start with the I guess the AFC? We we're just talking about the Bills. Are there any teams in the AFC that you think is going to make a big jump in wins? And you took them with the over. Okay. Um, starting in the AFC. Um, I have, I guess the team that I'm most bullish on this year in the AFC, I, it's not necessarily that, I guess we just talked about the one I think will take the biggest leap is the Bills because they only won six games right. last year. But, but, uh, really my, right. my favorite, my favorite win total in the AFC, it's not so much a team that's going to take a massive leap. It's just a team that I think is really going to outperform expectations as of, uh, all the narratives I've heard this summer, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm a big, big Steelers fan this year. I actually, um, I've all, I've already bet them. I got them over. This is going to sound like an absolute steal too. I got them at eight and a half wins, and I took that over. Um, nice. It was the first bet that I placed of the NFL season. Um, it's at nine on most books. I've, I don't think I've seen nine and a half, um, but I wouldn't be surprised by it. Um, I think that the the only narrative that is being circulated about the Steelers this offseason is that they lost Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And it is such an overreaction by everyone. Um, <laughs> as far as as far as all the fantasy players out there that think they know, you know, how the NFL works because they, they play fantasy with, mm-hmm. you know, their Aunt Carol and their you know <laughs> and their average joe judy and accounting and all the all those you know ladies but um average joe that's right <laughs> i almost missed that <laughs> but uh but yeah i just think i think the only thing that people are really thinking about the steelers team is that they lost bell and brown and how are they going to bounce back from that i um they proved that they don't need bell last year in my opinion james connor's legit and I think that um, between Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell, they have a decent tandem to back them up there. I'm not worried about the backfield at all. And um, I think Juju's absolutely legit as a number one. I know people have had concerned about him um, taking on, you know, the top corner and double coverage and this and that. Um, I'm not really worried. I actually, I looked at his stats. Um, don't have him in front of me or anything, but I looked at his stats um, comparing his games with Antonio Brown versus without over the last two years, and he actually does produce um, statistically more more catches, more yards, more touchdowns per game without Antonio Brown on the field than he does with him. 
Um, so he's been able to step up into that role before. Granted, it's a, long, it's a small sample size, but he's been able to do it. And um, uh, so I, I don't think the offense really misses a beat. I think they have um, James Washington, young second-year receiver out of Oklahoma State, who's going to step up and fill kind of that secondary role. Um, they have a they number, liked him a lot, too. Yeah, I, I really think he's he's looked fantastic this preseason, and I think he's worth – um, you know, one of your last picks in a fantasy draft, if you need a flyer on a receiver who you can plug in at flex week to week, I think I don't have a problem with him. Not so much in PPR leagues, but um, going for that kind of big play boom potential. Maybe he has a random game where he scores two touchdowns. Um, so like him, um, Ryan Switzer, got to throw my boy some love out of uh, the state of West Virginia, George Washington High School. Um, representing, yeah, he played at UNC, got drafted Damn, down to the high school. Got drafted by the Raiders. Um, uh, got no, got drafted by the Cowboys. Sorry, Max. Got traded to the Raiders. Got traded to the Steelers. Sorry, Max. Finally landed in an organization. Him. We didn't need him. We didn't want him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He, you know why? You know why I heard they cut him? He refused to knock on wood. That was his biggest thing. He's like, I'm not knocking on wood. They're like, well, if you don't knock on wood, you're off this team. <laughs> and then I, he goes, knock on wood, you're with me. And then everyone knocked on wood. <laughs> I love it. Um, but so stupid. Yeah, no, it's so true, man. Gruden, Gruden, guys, you guys don't understand. Gruden. He's like, I'm not. You're right. He can I'm count down from 100 shit. by threes. <laughs> Um, but I could go into, you know, the, all the young pieces that they have on offense that I think will step up. We were talking about your boy, the Vance Dance, Vance McDonald, um, to potentially be like a breakout tight end candidate. And then we'll move over to the defense. I, I could go on all day about Pittsburgh, but really the, the main guy that I want to talk about, and I actually have already bet this guy for defensive rookie of the year as well, is Devin Bush, the middle linebacker that they drafted in the first round this year. I got him at 7-1 to one to win defensive rookie of the year. Um, he's one of two linebackers drafted in the first round this year. Um, the last time that the Pittsburgh Steelers traded up in the first round for a defensive player, it was Troy Palomalu. The last time they drafted a middle linebacker out of the Big Ten, it was Ryan Shazier. Um, they've had a massive hole in the middle of that defense for the past two years or more um, since the Shazier since injury. Since Shazier left, yeah. Yep. I, I saw that he's coming back, though. So that would be a huge boost to that to that linebacking core that would be I massive him. i saw him out on the field catching some balls <laughs> i did see him he was he was moving around out there i don't know if he's he's ready for a return yet i would love that man it'd be a fantastic no, he, there's story. no way i was just no, bullshit no, no i was I know. just saying because this, dude can you imagine i mean he, all right i'm gonna say it. he was walking around I, first of all like it's unbelievable <clears throat> that he's like can move and like he doesn't have like bionic yeah, legs, right? But he was walking around like he had stick legs. Yeah, yeah man. he probably has braces on. He honestly, probably he does probably has. I, yeah, yeah. I can't. I, good for him though. I mean, that was when that happened. That was like one of the saddest injuries I've seen in a while. But that was, I, I great, great to have him back. Yeah, absolutely. I love the move by the Steelers to keep him involved in the organization. Um, it's unfortunate for them, and this is going to sound really like, uh, um, what is it, insensitive. But uh, 
from a football. I just said that he had stick legs. So whatever you say can't possibly be worse than <laughs> All that. All right, true, true. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I, it is unfortunate for me looking at it from a football standpoint that they have to keep, they're paying him still. And that's unfortunate that it's costing them against the salary cap. Um, but I, obviously, you know, we're hoping for nothing but the best. It'd be an amazing story to see him at least, you know, get full mobility back again. Um, but the... The guy that sparked this whole thing, Devin Bush, I think he's I think he's a beast. He racked up ten total tackles in his first preseason game this year. He played the entire first half, had ten tackles in in two quarters of preseason action. Um, so I think he's going to be hunting dudes down in the middle of the field there. And I think there's a couple other pieces in their secondary that take a step forward. Um, I've talked sh- nothing but shit about Artie Burns for the past three years, but um, I think he may be at least becomes a average um, passable NFL corner this year. I'm hoping I'm hearing good things out of camp. At least it's not really my eyes telling me this, but I've heard good things. So staying optimistic, but I think, I think there's no way that Pittsburgh goes under eight and a half. I think that they still win this division. I think they compete with Cleveland. Um, Baltimore's kind of dangerous, but I'm not, I'm not putting Baltimore in the divisional race until I see that something from their passing game and some resemblance of a functional offense. Um, but um, Pittsburgh, like, th- there's no doubt to me this is a 10 or 11 win team based on talent, maybe even more than that. Um, I also got a position on them. I, I feel like I stole this again. I'm sorry. That I, I just I just have to brag about this. But <laughs> I got Pittsburgh at 26 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this year. And I'm loving that. Like, Dude, say they win the division and win a play, win, win a playoff game. Yeah, you can take that shit to Vegas and trade it in. Um, you can you can you can do a lot with that. You can definitely hedge into that. So I'm excited for it. I'm curious to hear your guys' take on that one. Yeah. So about the Ryan Chazier thing, here's a hot take. So the year after the Packers, <laughs> oh, yeah, bring it back to the Packers. We're done with this. No, I'll bring it back to the Steelers. But the year after the Packers won the Super Bowl, uh, Nick Collins, like, broke his neck. And I'm pretty sure that was the year that the Packers went 15-1 and and had a terrible defense. If the Packers had Nick Collins, who was, like, by far one of the best safeties in the league at the time, I think that there's a good chance that they maybe not win that year, but win it within the next couple of years. All right, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> had to get that off your chest. Had to get that off my chest because yeah. I was just thinking about it. Uh, the Steelers, no, I think you talk, what you talked about was really smart in the, the fact that the average person is going to assume that because they lost Le'Veon Bell and A.B. that they're going to be a much worse football team. Stuff like that doesn't typically move the lines all that much. And, and that, you know, like the real lines, I mean, people will bet it certain ways and, and they'll, you know, be afraid of that movement. But in reality, the team isn't all that much different. And I think you allude to a lot of good points that will show that, you know, they're still a really good team and uh, definitely have a really good chance at, you know, competing for the title. Yeah, man. I'm, a, I'm really excited about this one. I could talk about the Steelers for an entire pod. I uh, my, my dad's a life, my dad's been a Steelers fan since the 70s, so I've followed him my whole life. And, That's uh, cool. Um, he must be really disappointed that you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> no, he he was he was cool about it, man. He let me pick okay. my own team. He's, he's nice. It's all good. It's all love over here. But yeah, good. We, Happy we, to hear that. We kept it in Pennsylvania. That's what counts, man. That's what matters. <laughs> but uh, um, I I I bet against Pittsburgh quite a bit last year. Um, 
for example, like the game against the Broncos that they lost in Denver. I had Denver all day in that one. Um, they The Pittsburgh had a lot of letdown spots on the schedule last year. They dropped a game to Oakland late in the season. They lost a game to New Orleans that they were winning until the last 30 seconds of the game. There's a lot of uh, really close games and losses to bad teams that I expect them to be a lot more focused for this year. Let's hope so. They love cool. those. Play- they love those. Man, go ahead, Max. Do you have a favorite over in the NFC? In the NFC, um, my favorite, I've got a, I'll give you an over and an under for the NFC. How about that? Okay, cool. Um, Love it. My Wait, o- before you get going. Yeah, go ahead, if, man. If one of them is Packers under, just turn off your mic, <laughs> hand in your gun and your badge. It, yank the cord right now, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, just no, want to preface it. No, no, go ahead. No, you're good. I'm not touching the Packers. Right. <laughs> I'm not touching them. Smart, I can't. Smart. Good decision. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta. I don't know what. Well, yeah. I know you're about to say you don't know what the hell to think with them this year, huh? Nope. Yeah. No idea. Me neither, man. That's the thing. They haven't showed anything in preseason. I don't know what to expect. I know nothing about Matt Lafleur other than his coaching resume, which, to be honest, to me, isn't really that impressive. He did a year mm-hmm. under. He did a year or two under Sean McVay, who like. Apparently, that qualifies you to be a head coach in the NFL mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, with the Titans. Right. And, the um, yeah, he was with the Titans, which, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't his fault, but obviously not great results in Tennessee. Dude, I heard Mariota looks like doo-doo. Yeah, not hearing good things about him at all. I mean, they're talking about starting Tannehill. Ta- Ryan fucking Tannehill. Yeah. yeah. No, Tannehill wasn't that bad, though. Can we remember that Tannehill wasn't that bad? He wasn't that bad, but think about what he's been over the last couple of years, like, I mean, crazy he's been injured. Mostly. But, dude, Mariota is trash. All right. Uh, uh, NFC over and under. Okay. So, the I'll give you the over first. Um, and I actually just bet this like 20 minutes before we started recording. So, it's nice and fresh Smart. in my mind. You want to move the line. Um, I, and, and again, yeah, I wish, man. Once I get to that point, I won't be recording with you guys anymore. <laughs> Yo, bring us along, dude. You got some good bets. Right? Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, we'll ride your coattails. So yeah, oh, I'll, I'll bring y'all with me. I remember where I came from. <laughs> um, so my boys in Carolina, the Panthers. I like them this year. I like them to have a bounce back year. Um, I caught them at seven and a half. I keep cheating you guys by half games here and there, and I'm sorry about it. That's um, but you have to shop around for this stuff. I, I won't go on a lecture about it, but it's important to be on multiple books if you're going to be serious about this. And if you're looking to really get the best bang for your buck, um, you know, you should be looking around, uh, you know, a half game here, a half game there. A lot of the times makes a big difference. Um, but uh, Carolina, you know, I guess the latest news is that there's concerns about Cam. Uh, he was in a walking boot, but everything I've heard, he should be ready for week one. That's actually one of my look-ahead lines. I like the Panthers to beat the Rams week one. That Super Bowl hangover is very real. And uh, the Rams have to travel across the country for a 1 o'clock kickoff in Carolina. Um, Carolina's a plus three home dog that week. And I actually um, just heard last week on another podcast, no free ads. Um, but uh, apparently nice. the, the, the Super Bowl loser over the last 16 years is 2, 12, and 2 against the spread week one the following season. Um, and the Rams are on the road as a three-point favorite to the Panthers. So that's one of my look-ahead spots. I'll probably have a Panthers week one ticket 
Um, but back to the over seven and a half, we can call it over eight. I'd still take it there. Um, like like a lot of their <clears throat> excuse me, like a lot of their young offensive weapons. Obviously, CMC's a stud. Um, if I'm in a PPR league, he's absolutely my number one pick this year ahead of Saquon. Um, even 100%. even half PPR, I've got the number one pick in one of my leagues, and I'm going CMC over Saquon again. Uh, I just don't want to get involved with the Daniel Jones situation, um, but that's a that's a whole other conversation. But um, I really like um, Curtis Samuel this year as not only a fantasy sleeper if you can get him in the ninth or tenth round, um, but to make a definite impact for the Panthers. A uh, lot of speed on that offense right now. Um, uh, between him and DJ Moore, I like what I see. Hopefully, Greg Olson can stay health, healthy. Um, same with Cam. I know that they both, both third have, leg. Yep, third leg, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the defense, I think, is kind of retooled this year. The front seven should be very stout. Um, one under under the radar veteran acquisition that they they made this offseason was bringing in um, Gerald McCoy from the Bucks. Um, I don't think he's necessarily done yet. I think he really bolsters their front four. Um, and uh, I just think this team has been very up on up and down over Ron Rivera's watch, um, ever even predating their Super Bowl run, where they had a such a freakish fifteen and one season that'll never happen again in Cam's career. Um, but I do I do like them to bounce back. I mean, I think eight and eight is. It, it, eight and eight at the worst for me. I've looked at their schedule. It's not that difficult. Um, I think there's some winnable games. The division is a little tough, but you know, Panth- uh, the Bucks and the Falcons they can easily, you know, maybe maybe win at least two and two, maybe three out of four of those games. And if they split one with the Saints, they're in great position. Um, I'll kind of I'll kind of wrap this one up. I don't have much more to say, and I have a tendency to ramble. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let. Let's hear it. Oh. Um, All right, so what was your under? What was your under? Sorry, on, uh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know if you guys wanted me to just go right into that. All right, so the under, and this is uh, this along with the Steelers over are my two favorites. Um, and I took the – I think Frazier gave me a nice favorite on this tweet the other night. Um, Reds, Redskins, under six and a half wins. Um they're so fucking bad. They're bad, dude. They're really bad. It's crazy how bad they are. Yeah. And yeah. they have a terrible coach. Yeah. They're I, just not good. If we if we get into at all, I'm not sure how long we've gone, but if we get into first head coach to be fired, that's my pick oh, yeah. right there, baby. Jay Gruden. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Jay Gruden, I think he's like plus 500, oh, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. Ka-ching. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Ka-ching. Um, I I don't see I, I don't plus four fifty. Yeah, I don't see that many coaches in the league on the on the hot seat. To be honest, there's a lot of coaches that I think are dog shit, but I don't think they've had the job long enough to get fired yet. Um, so yeah, I I just um, where do I begin? I mean, they're they don't have Trent Williams because they mismanaged his medical situation so badly that he won't play another down for the organization. Um, they have. <laughs> They have no receiving weapons. They do have a decent stable of running backs, and the offensive line, when Trent Williams is in there, is passable. But um, their starting left tackle right now is Eric Flowers, who is like literally so the worst oh, tackle I've ever watched in the NFL. <laughs> I don't know how the Giants had a first round grade on that guy, but it blows my mind. Um, 
even when that happened, people were like, really? Flowers? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, good luck with that. I'm sorry. The Eagles have three left tackles that are better than that guy. Literally. I'll name them right now. Jason <laughs> Peters, Andre Dillard, and Halapulavati Vaitai. All better than that guy. But True. I digress. Um, no no receiving weapons. They have, like, they're, they're asking, like, receivers who run vertical, like, passing schemes to run horizontal schemes. Like, like they have like Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson and all these guys who are like good to like go down the field, but like they're not like a downfield offense. They're like a West Coast like horizontal like short passing game offense. So it makes no sense. Um, Darius Geis, I haven't been a fan of. Go ahead, what's up? I was gonna say, who who do we gotta talk to to get Jordan Reed a better helmet? Yeah, dude. I I just when people when people bring up Jordan Reed, I just kind of. <laughs> I just tell him I'm tired of talking about it. The guy, the guy doesn't belong in the league anymore. I don't Dude, know, I don't know why I, he's there. I feel so bad for this poor guy who, at this point, is pretty much just a walking concussion. Yeah, one point, at some point, you just got to be like, you got to call it. I mean, like, you're just hit, killing it. You're hitting a dead horse. Right. Like, this is his eighth or ninth reported concussion. Like, dude. Just think about how many that were reported. I mean, I've had, I think I've had like two or three, and the third one definitely stuck for a while, and like that's three, and I'm a normal person. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine having to try to perform. We're already seeing signs a, too. Huh? Yeah. We're already seeing CTE signs with you, and you're just Dude, only had three. So. I am like, I I've got one working brain cell left. I don't know how Jordan Reed functions. Right. It's just scary. He he shouldn't be in the league. They should have a league mandated like, dude. That that's six too many. That's five too many. You you got to pull the plug on it. He's like, what's his name? Hey, like, Luke Keekley. Who is he? Billy Bob from, Billy Bob uh, from yeah Varsity Blues. Yeah, Varsity Yeah. Um, also, I just start to worry. Like, does the guy not have like a family? Like, t- like telling him, like, "Yo, you should probably retire, man. You should probably hang it up." Like, his his I, brother's I, probably like Jordan Rogers. <laughs> like, yeah, keep playing. Yeah, like who is supporting <laughs> this guy to continue his career? That's what I'm wondering. Like, who's his support system? That's like, yeah, man, you got this. So. I can't wait for Jordan Rogers to like look at his Google alerts and find out that someone was talking about him. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you know, like Case Keenum, never been a big fan. I thought it was actually funny. I saw an interview with him last off season when he got signed by Denver, and he was like, "Yeah, man, like it feels so good. Like finally, you know, bought my first home." You know, like ready to ready to dig in and be the face of a franchise. <laughs> oh my! You God. know, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, buddy, like you're gonna be wearing a different jersey next year. I'm sorry, I it doesn't, I don't see it working out. Um, and then Dwayne Haskins, like, just, I mean, I wasn't a fan of him as a draft prospect. I think he actually has shown some arm talent in the preseason, but also just. The guy's a loose cannon. He's going to be throwing picks left and right. Depends on how long he, uh, how many games he plays, but he he could be a candidate to lead the league in turnovers. We might have another Peter Mann guy <laughs> you know, with the five picks in his first start. <laughs> I like this guy. I like this guy, Peter Mann. <laughs> Knock on wood. I freaking love Gruden. I don't care what nonsense you say. I'm like it out of now. I got him like for 10 years. I also, I also fucking hate him now. <laughs> 
I love the guy, man. I'm really happy that he's on Hard Knocks, but dude, I want him. I want him back on ESPN. I don't want to watch him on the sidelines anymore. I need. I need Gruden in my life, but not in that way, man. Dude, he's so much fun. I just like I have to drink the Kool Aid. Like I'm that person that's in like the the commune, and I'm just drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. Like, no, what's wrong? Like we just have to like you got you your know, Nike go steal Cortez the stuff on. from this person. You got a yeah. red jumpsuit. You're all in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. All right, <laughs> you guys ready to shift gears to some fun shit, some prop bets? Yeah, let's do some dumb shit. For sure. All right, let's do some dumb, reckless stuff. Uh, let's start off a little less ridiculous and then work our way towards something more stupid. Um, Just like our podcast. <laughs> start off not like that our ridiculous normal just <laughs> Divulge yeah. it to complete mediocrity. Cool. Yeah, and then start talking about right. freaking geographical, like, <laughs> where is what. That was a fun one. All right, continue. That was a fun one. All right. Uh, Frage, let's go to you. Joe's been talking. He needs some water. Get get the boy some water. Get um, Joe. Joe's like one of those offensive linemen that like hasn't. They haven't had a ton of. They they finally picked up a ball on like a fumble and they ran it and they're like, "Give me the oxygen. Where's the oxygen at? <laughs> I need the oxygen." Because <laughs> we just we bring him in. We're like, dude, we need you for this we one start. You. We need you to like. We need you to like dominate for this one we start. Need you okay. To dominate Can you get and some tell us everything we possibly need to know about any gambling, any odds, like any. <laughs> Any tiny little bits of information, we need it now. So, Joe needs to take a take Fra- a little break. Fraser and I have been treading water for a few weeks, trying to just like get by until <laughs> we can get to this podcast and let you ride. So, uh, Fraser, your turn though. Offensive rookie, offensive player of the year. Who are you looking at? I, this one, it, it seems really obvious, and the odds will show that it seems kind of obvious. Kyle Murray. Uh, at, at plus 160, he's the odds-on favorite. I honestly don't really know. No, I'm know. talking about offensive player of the year, not rookie of the year. Offensive player offensive of the year? Player. Yeah. Oh, MVP? Or MVP. I guess, it, I guess it is MVP technically, right? You could have a defensive MVP. I was thinking about offensive player of the year. Okay. Um, I thought you said rookie. I don't know why. But, um, hmm. I mean, Mahomes not a bad. Going back to back is tough. Drew Brees was great, but kind of fell off a cliff. I, with these, it's kind of I, I'd rather take a shot. And if I'm taking a shot uh, at you know plus you know 25 to one odds, kind of like Cam Newton, I think it's an offense that definitely have a bounce back year. Um, it seems like his shoulders in a better place. As long as he can stay upright and healthy, I think the team's gonna be a lot better. He's gonna put up great numbers. I think I said the exact same thing last year. Um, but I just kind of like Cam Newton, Newton there. Um, potentially, you know, even lower down, like Jared Goff or Lamar Jackson. You know, if Lamar Jackson just has, like, an absolute batshit year where he rushes for, like, 1,200 yards and is just, like, Mike Vick, basically, he's got a chance. Um, but, yeah, I think with these, you're better off just taking a few long shots, Matt Ryan even really like Matt Ryan um just like one of those like random QBs uh in the you know plus 25 to plus you know 33 you know something like that uh one of those guys yeah I like uh I I like your Cam Newton and Matt Ryan picks as far as value go 
to me, they're two, um, you know, proven quarterbacks who can pick, put up big numbers, and they're both going off at what, like twenty-five to one. Yeah, so, to yeah, so not not bad value there. I was gonna give you a guy, but you know what? I don't like his price at all. And you're, <laughs> um, I was gonna I was gonna give you Carson Wentz because I thought that we might get a value on him. I think the last time I looked into his MVP odds they were a little higher than this i was thinking maybe like 12 to 1 or something but i'm seeing 8 to 1 right now and to be honest to be honest he's too much i i don't like the whole injury prone thing but he's too injury prone to bet at 8 to 1 so i'm going to go ahead and take that back um you know what how do you feel about phil rivers at like 18 to 1 philip he ever puts up enough numbers philip rivers um i don't think he no. puts up, i think dude i I mean, that guy's doing pretty much everything besides a crow hop to get the <clears> ball <throat> down 15 yards. Like, he, dude, his arm is shot. <laughs> yeah, Rivers, and, it, you know, the whole running back situation is murky right now, obviously, with the Gordon situation, but they really have kind of, they've shifted from being like a, like an air raid, uh, you know, to toss it all over the yard offense from Rivers, you know, early days to really centering around running back production. They pass to the running backs a lot, which is great for Rivers, but... Um, I don't know. I just don't see him putting up putting up enough yards or touchdowns. I think they still have a pretty good ground presence, even if Gordon doesn't play with uh, with Eckler and and uh, Justin Jackson, relatively unknown guy. I'll give you a, I'll give you a price that just hopped off the page to me a little bit because you brought up Rivers, and right below him is uh, Deshaun Watson at about. Dude, I was just gonna say. Yeah, dude, about eight. That's eighteen I think to I one. Said that's my new favorite. Eight, I I got him even here at. 25 to 1. Oh, that's I like that. Is that for that's for MVP? That's for MVP, Dude, yeah. That's yeah, that's not bad, man. I might have to look into that actually because like I'm not <laughs> I'm not convinced that uh the Texans run away with the division. I actually think the Jags can be a little bit uh pesky frisky. pesky this year. Yeah, frisky, pesky, all my all my favorite words. Um but yeah, Deshaun Watson, like now that he doesn't have Lamar Miller, if they still go out and win like ten or eleven games and just just put up big offensive numbers, he's got the receivers to do it. He doesn't have the O line to do it. I guess that would be the so the, the one thing that I would uh um put a knock on him for. But yeah, just go just looking at the numbers here, eighteen to one. You said you had twenty five to one. I like that. So Deshaun Watson looks kinda good. Yeah, the the Texans cool. O line makes the Redskins O line look elite. <laughs> right, the, the the Texans wish they had Eric Flowers. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a position you want to be in. Absolutely. Uh, defensive uh, player of the year. Uh, are we looking at uh, another Aaron Donald season, or is there someone else you can you know challenge him for that freaking crown? Dude's an absolute stud. He is a stud. It's tough. I mean, he he's one of the he's the second highest. It's it's him, it's Cleo Mack and him. I, I, they're both about plus three hundred. Um, that that's tough. Um, maybe Joey Bosa. Maybe if, if he has one of those crazy years, you gotta kind of look for guys. Um, Aaron Donald's a freak because Aaron Donald doesn't put up a ton of sacks. He just dominates literally every single snap of an NFL game. So he's kind of in a different boat. But a lot of times for a defensive MVP, you have to find someone who's going to be the sack leader. Um, I think for the majority of the time, it's you know someone who's like a, in the in the contention for a sack leader or tackles like someone like Luke Keekley, um, you know. St- Patrick Willett, like, you know, players that are in that kind of realm. So 
Um, it's kind of tough. I don't really know. Maybe potentially Chandler Jones on that defense. I don't think the defense is going to be very good, though. Um, he's plus he's plus 2,800 to win, so that's, a, that's potential. But nothing really jumping out at me is ones I feel really good about. Or Chris, that's Chris Jones, sorry. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Go ahead, Joey. <laughs> no, you're good. Chris Jones, Chandler Jones, you know. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones, right? Um, no, I think um, I'm just looking at these for the first time, actually, so this is just kind of my gut take. I think they're – see, I think at defensive player of the year, I think I think sacks is the main thing that you want to go for. I think um, – a linebacker really has to like generate a, a freakish amount of turnovers to get the award. Um, same with a defensive back. I think defensive back, you're basically just looking at interceptions and all the guys. Who's the last defensive back to win MVP or de- defensive MVP? Was it Charles Woodson? Dude, it might go back that far. Um, there's, I don't think it happens often. Like it's hard to believe with all the, especially with all the six safeties that have been in the league, like, you know, Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu. I know I'm going, I'm dating us now to the early two thousands, but um, it's, it's tough to believe that, you know, a guy like a guy like maybe Earl Thomas, did Polamalu win it? Did you just look that up? Yeah. So yeah, I did. So Polamalu won it in 2010 and then Charles Woodson in 2009. And those are the last guys Um, since 2018. It's been, Donald, Donald, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, Keekley won it in 13. I think that was a 15-1 season. And then J.J. Watt, Terrell Suggs. Right. Uh, in so all, and then Palomalo in 10. So. All guys that generate, you know, massive sack numbers or play in the middle of the field with that one, you know, Keekley winning it. Yeah. So I think I, I think my first reaction, I'll give you two guys. Um one of them, not my favorite. I'll give you my favorite in a minute. But Demarcus Lawrence, I guess, jumps off the page at. at I'm looking at twenty-five to one for Demarcus Lawrence, and I think Dallas obviously has a lot of talent on defense. I think you know defense in the running game is what was winning them games last year, um, and uh, they've got a lot of speed on that defense. I think there's potential that he just has like a you know eighteen sack year and wins it. Um, and then another one. Uh, would be Miles Garrett. I'm not crazy about his price. It's only 10 to 1 right now. Um, but I think that's another unit. We, we we expect the Browns to take a step up. Some people don't necessarily know how far that step will be. But I think, you know, there's no denying the amount of talent they've amassed um, on both offense and defense. And on defense specifically on that front four, they've really put together a pretty stacked um, pass rush unit. Um, I, I think that they've got talent across the board with Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson. Um, I'm not sure if they still have Emmanuel Agba, who was a player I liked at Oklahoma State. Uh, there's some other guys that I'm, you know, I'm not mentioning right now, and it's kind of disrespectful. But Miles Garrett, I think, has he's in his third year. He's a former number one overall pick, and he's on a team with, whose defense should be improved. So there's potential for him to, you know, put up a, a lot of sacks again and really be kind of the face of the defensive improvement in Cleveland. I agree. I was looking at that one, too. I, I think that's a really good one that I kind of glazed over. Is that the All right, glazed that's enough. Over? Glossed over? Glanced? I glossed over. Okay, glossed. glossed. I glossed yeah, over. Sure. Glazed over is what happens at, uh, at Krispy Kreme. That's right. Which is my favorite kind, glazed over. 
All right. Um, Glazed over is the look I'm giving you right that... now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of our favorite categories from last year, First Coast Fired. We were really freaking close with our with my pick of McCarthy. We were freaking so close to a bunch of cash, Frage. But where, where Max is like, dude, it was thirty three thousand to one. I'm like, no, that's plus thirty three thousand. Like that means I got a little hype. I got a little hype. He's like, one dollar would have won me three hundred thousand dollars. Like that's not. Would have won me three thirty though. Would would have won me three thirty though, right, Fresh? Yeah, something like that. I think it would have won you thirty three dollars, but I don't think so. All right, I, I don't. I clearly don't know. Thousand million. Yeah. No, you definitely know more than I do. All right, so First Coast Fired. Uh, if you Google First Coast Fired, guess whose photo comes up? Jay Gruen might Jay get fired Gruden. before the season starts. <laughs> 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 Knock on wood, you're with me. Jeez. <laughs> Is there anywhere else that we think could possibly take it away from our boy? Dude, you just got a stranglehold on it. <laughs> It does seem like a mortal lock. Uh, three. It's. I'm looking at like three to one, and that's like really low for that kind of prop. So that's kind yeah. of an indication. Like I really think it's happening, but I guess um, if we're just speculating, what about our boy Shermer? I was gonna say Shermer has a decent chance. I think the Giants. I don't know. I think the fact that he has a rookie QB gives him a longer leash. I don't think. I don't think you draft a QB just to say, well, if we don't win this year, we're going to fire our head coach. You know, that doesn't really make sense to me, but I get it. I don't think Shermer, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a good coach, to be honest. So that makes sense. I was going to say, and this is going to sound weird because I was just saying how, like, Deshaun Watson has a chance at MVP, but um, if the Texans don't win, Bill O'Brien's been there for, you know, uh, long enough at this point. Long enough. I, I think... I think they want some actual results at this point. I think the if I was the owner, I might be getting a little stir crazy, especially because you know they had that they had that solid year last year, uh, you know, winning their division and then went one and done in the playoffs. Um, so I could I don't know I could see it getting a little hot, but but the answer is Jake Rudin. It has to be <laughs> so. Um, I'm surprised they haven't taken also, that off the board yet. It's tough. I mean, th- hey, man, three to one. I mean, that's still not bad. You know, three to one. It's really not <laughs> for what seems like pretty much a, a stone cold lock. Right. I mean, dude, they look. They took the Colts like win total off the board because of Andrew Luck, which we haven't even talked about, which is insane. That not that we haven't talked about, just that Andrew Luck's freaking gone. Um, but I feel like they should just take Jay Gruden off the board because they're like, this isn't even. Like we we can't lose this much money on a bet, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. It makes you wonder a little bit. Like maybe they know something. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe in Detroit they're they're already sick of Matt Patricia's shit. Patricia, that could be. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I don't well, think I'm, he's a good I'm coach. Sick of Matt Patricia. But... He's not. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you fire your head coach after signing a franchise QB. Kind of the same thing with a uh, with a. Uh, you know the rookie deal, but Doug Marone in Jacksonville. If things don't go right, I don't think Doug Marone's got his job locked down necessarily. Say Doug, <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's definitely Gruden. All right, <laughs> this was a fun one that we found. Uh, 
first rookie to get suspended. The NFL loves having players get suspended. Who was the rookie that could be the first to get suspended? Let me pull this up real quick. Let me yeah, I need I need some numbers here. Hold on, hold on. Sorry. I don't even... I forgot this is one that Joe's I brought. Joe's found this one. Yeah. This one's so good. Okay, so there's only four options to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so the odds are, um, and I'll go in, in the favorite to least favorite. The favorite, there's two tied. It's Montez Sweat at plus 150. And Jeffrey Simmons at plus one fifty. I didn't. I don't even remember where Jeffrey Simmons got drafted. Um, and then there's a guy named Gerald Willis. I don't know him either. This is embarrassing. At two to one, and then Dexter Lawrence at at plus two fifty. But I are there like current stuff out on these guys? Like, do they? Is this? Do they? Are there bounties on? Is this bounty gate? Like, <laughs> why? Is it just these four? <laughs> there has to be current legal stuff going on. Uh, I don't know. I, go ahead. Here's the chef to tweet. Multiple teams viewed new Titans D-tackle Jeffrey Simmons as a top five pick, even though he went to 19. One even called him the best player in this draft. Of course, there are well-documented disturbing issues with him. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he could be playing for the freaking uh, longest yard team <laughs> in a couple of years. <laughs> Um, I actually heard a lot about him in the draft, and people were saying he could be, like, the top talent in the draft, but he's got a lot of issues. I don't know specifics on what the murky question of second chances, Google says. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, I mean, just my gut reaction, I know, I know, um, you know, Jay Gruden's boy Montez Sweat likes to, like to puff on the reefer a little bit, so... I don't know. That's that's something to keep your eyes open for. We have another Laramie Tunsil situation oh, man. on our hands. The our gas Laramie. mask. The gas mask. That's like a, that's a top five draft moment. We're all sitting around, and then all of a sudden, Laramie Tunsil's giant head pops up on my Twitter feed with a gas mask bong. I'm like, this has to be doctored. Nope, that really happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was a surreal moment. His uncle. Yeah. I didn't hear that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I remember, at least. Yeah, it was like a disgruntled uncle or agent, or maybe it was an uncle agent, something. Uh, But yeah, super freaking crazy. Yeah. Uncle Dennis situation. (laughs) That's horrible, man. Don't talk ill on Uncle Dennis. He's done nothing but great things for Kawhi. You're going to be asked. He actually has. Like Yeah, no, he really has. <laughs> it's actually gone pretty well for, for Kawhi. All right, here's our last one, last prop that uh, we got time for. Uh, Kyler Murray versus Josh Rosen. Who gets more wins this season, Frazier? If they count is like, team wins, um, it's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Okay. If they count it as Kyler Murray starts and wins more games – or Josh Rosen starts it, it's also the Cardinals. I think the Dolphins suck, and I think Fitzpatrick is going to play more. So I think if Murray even gets, like, two or three wins, I think that he wins that bet. Yeah, definitely going to have to agree with you. Um, the odds are in our favor, too. Uh, not, I mean, not if we're looking to bet it, but they they suggest Kyler Murray is the favorite here. <laughs> yeah. It's a little steep. 
<laughs> but uh, I actually, this brings me up to um, kind of an interesting bet that I place. And I just feel, I feel guilty about this, honestly. Like, this, this book is going to have to deactivate my account because <laughs> I bet, I bet um, back around NFL draft time, um, I think it was like a week after the draft, I bet that Kyler Murray would start week one. Nice. And I got it at positive money. Really? Oh my god! I well, it's only plus one ten, so it's nothing outrageous. Still. But why? Dude? Doesn't matter. Unless he got injured. Like, who else are they starting? It was after he uh, had already been drafted by the Cardinals. So like, what in what world? Like who who does Kyler Murray not like not beat out for that not job? Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. So I've got a free twenty six dollars coming to me next week. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right. yeah, that's definitely uh, Kyler. I like. I, I'm excited to watch yeah. Kyler play. I, yeah, it should be fun. You know, we don't. We, we'll maybe we'll get in fantasy another another time. Probably we'll run a little long. Yeah. long on this one. But uh, I love Kyler. Just like if you're if you're in a draft and you're like, I don't like any of these guys. Like, let me just take a shot. I I actually found myself drafting two QBs this year. Just trying to take a, a long shot. I never do that. I, I hate because you can always find someone off waivers. But I think if you're able to get in early on, like a Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, even one of these guys who's like kind of obscure, but not obscure, but is not necessarily gonna be your your number one guy, but has the potential to absolutely blow up. I think it's not a bad move. Yeah. Um, so I c- just something I've been looking. I at. couldn't agree more. I'm a I'm a big time believer in sitting back and waiting on QBs. Um, I'm gonna throw a little uh, humble brag out there, but this time last year I was telling everyone sit back and draft Pat Mahomes in the twelfth round, and uh, that worked out pretty well. Um, and I would say so. Yeah, and uh, so I I do like Kyler this year from a fantasy standpoint. I think he's gonna run. I don't know. What does Kyler run for? Like four hundred yards this year, maybe. Like yeah, even if he's not lot. running a ton, I think that that's. I mean, because Carson Wentz, what was it? His like sixteen game pace last year was like right or the year before was like right around four hundred yards, and like I think Kyler Murray's more mobile than not more mobile, but is a more of a running quarterback than him. I think he could easily have 500, 600 yards. Yeah, man. I think I and I I just think that his offensive line still is not good in Arizona, and mm-hmm. with a with a young young mobile quarterback with a bad O line. I mean, we saw it in Buffalo last year with Josh Allen. He had to run for his life every play and make shit up as he went along, and that resulted in fantasy production. It might not have won him that many games. It might not have looked that pretty, but. You know, fa- running running QBs are a cheat code in fantasy. So if you can get a guy like Kyler, or I know you mentioned, you know, Lamar Jackson does have the potential to blow up. I, I don't think it's the most likely scenario, um, but I think it's obviously a possible outcome here. So if you want to sit back and take a late, late shot on one of these guys, like a Kyler, a Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson, I don't have a problem with it. Just pair with some boring, too, like Drew Brees or, you know, uh, I don't know, Philip Rivers. I was going to say Rivers. Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger. Just draft one of those old farts and then get one of the young guys who have the potential to blow up. And then you know, like, week one, all right, they're going to blow up or they're not. And then you can get rid of them 
right away or you can just stick with the old guy like it's really pretty simple i don't know i th- it, i think it's like a, a, a decent idea it's funny that you mentioned rivers and roethlisberger because they're the two that came to my mind too if you just need like a safe virtually free option at qb to get you through like the first week or two before you know what you have in your young guy then absolutely take take a guy with an easy opening schedule. Hey, I don't love this. I don't I don't love this based on where he finished last year, but you know what? Matt Stafford has a really easy matchup week one. And if you feel like streaming quarterbacks, he's playing the Arizona Cardinals, who are gonna run this run and gun offense. It's gonna look like Chip Kelly's system where, yeah, they might move the ball and they might be flashy, but they're also probably gonna produce a lot of three and outs. They're gonna put a very tired defensive unit out on the field for a large portion of the game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt Stafford have a really good, you know, top twelve, top ten fantasy week in week one, and then probably regress from there. I mean, I don't expect the Lions to be a powerhouse on offense this year, but if you need to get through a week or two, I mean it's not a bad option. For sure. I, I 100% agree. Fresh, have we have we even talked about Andrew Luck thing at all in, in detail? Right? I think maybe we can use that and wrap up the podcast after that. Yeah, man, that's sad. He was kind of supposed to be the next chosen one. Um, he, he was a guy that was a ton of fun to watch. I, I don't think that he really lived up to all the hype just because of a lot of the injury stuff. But when he was healthy and he was playing well, I mean, last year he was awesome. It's so much fun to watch. And it's sad to see him out of the league. It's going to be interesting to see if we see stuff like this moving forward, which is kind of a, a, a new group of, of people, you know, who he, this guy is clearly incredibly smart. Wanted to make sure he stayed in Stanford to get his architecture degree. Uh, could have come out early. Didn't cho- chose not to. Chose to stay in school. Chose to get his degree. I mean, this guy. I, I was one of my my coworkers. Their sister was went to went to school with Andrew Luck and had like some architecture classes. And they said that they've never really seen someone like him as far as like memorization. Just like how smart this guy is. I mean, this guy is like genius level. Um, so it's going to be cool to see what he does in his next phase. It's sad to see him out of the league. It's probably one of the most shocking things I've seen in a while. You know, we've had players leave in their prime or, you know, tail end of their prime. We've had crazy shit like Aaron Hernandez, you know, literally kill someone, um, which is one of the most bizarre NFL storylines. But, like, to have someone, 29-year-old quarterback who – could have blown up just randomly retire is pretty crazy um that's one of the crazier things i've seen in a while i actually had a co-worker today draft andrew luck in the <laughs> in like the sixth round of a fantasy football draft <laughs> jeez when it happened everyone was like oh my god what the fuck just happened like how how did you even find andrew luck on here that's messed up, man. ESPN's oh got to like take them out of the uh, take them out of the player pool at this point, dude. Oh no, leave it. <laughs> no, no, you leave it, cause, dude. Snake draft nerds, leave it in there so you get auto picked Andrew Luck like you freaking deserve it. True. Or Judy in accounting. There's some really yep. <laughs> there's some reckless names that are still in there. Like Ladalen Tomlinson was still like a player that could be drafted like two years ago. It's messed up. Like, Rex Grossman was a player still in the system. I drafted him, like, three a couple years, years ago. Is Gronk still in there this yeah. year? I think so. Yeah? I'd assume so, yeah. 
that's going to be fun um, when he comes out of retirement week week 10 this year and everybody scrambles to the waiver wire to grab him. And he wins Super Bowl. Picking him um, up now. But I think the real problem was the Colts organization and the Colts management of Andrew Luck. This would not have happened if they would have protected him in any way. It's really Ryan Grigson and, and that whole, you know, Jim Irsay and all those guys not getting them a freaking offensive line for four, five, six years and him getting the absolute shit kicked out of him yeah. over and over and over again. Dude's been injured because they didn't protect him in any way. Yeah, he's one like of the most all. hit quarterbacks, yeah. I mean, this last he, year he was a, he's literally a fucking horse too. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Every, and last year he was a least sacked guy too. Least sacked quarterback in the NFL last year was Andrew Luck, and they still can. I mean, it's all those accumulative injuries. That's why last year he was fine, but the year before, the year before that, all that, all those other times where he was just getting the hits add be, up. beat out of him, they add up, and he couldn't catch up. Yeah, someone's got to relate to Jim Irsay. Stop doing coke and get Andrew Luck, a, you know, an offensive line. Cut back on those DUIs, and you know, and yeah. yeah. I'm actually I'm looking at a tweet from Warren Sharp. I don't know. Do you guys follow him at all? Uh, I don't know. Warren, I know of him. One of my favorite sources on Twitter for great um, football insight, and he's got a tweet here. Ryan Grigson killed Andrew Luck's career. Pressured 16 times per game under Grigson's watch, most in the NFL, and hit most of any QB. Um, from 2012 to 2015, Grigson drafted three offensive linemen before round seven of the draft. Oh. <laughs> That's brutal. That's horrible, man. It's, That's insane. It's, it's sad. It makes me sad. And then when, when did the Redskins, uh, when did they sign Grigson? Because that's got. I feel like that's a natural fit. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't kept up with him. I'd have to look that up. But I don't know. Either. Oh, just yeah. Nah. <laughs> All right. Let's bring this thing to a close. Uh, Joe, you got anything to plug before you leave? Um, you know, I'm I'm actually working on a project with a buddy of mine. Um, he's you know one of my coworkers. He's a Redskins fan. And I'm, oh, so yeah, it's rough, man. I mean, I haven't told him that I made the bet yet. I, I'm keeping that a secret for right now. Um, but but we're working on a little project. You know, I've invested in some recording equipment, and um, I've, I've really got a passion for this podcast thing. So we're going to be looking to start our own project. I don't have any official information for you guys uh, right now. Uh, we've been kind of dragging our asses this past month getting it organized. But um, you can follow me on Twitter. I post, you know, a lot of... Um, just general opinions on uh, you know the NFL and gambling in general, and uh, post a lot of the picks that I make, um, a lot of the bets that I place. Um, so my my Twitter handle is at cashing cashing dogs. Excuse me. Um, I love betting underdogs, so kind of named it after that. But uh, gonna be looking to start um, you know a platform to be doing some podcasts in the future, maybe some collaborative stuff with Max and Frazier here. We always have fun with it. Um, so I'll be sure to keep you guys posted on that again on twitter it's at cashing dogs um and i'll just get some information out about that i wish i could plug it right now but still in the beginning stages looking to get that started uh within the next month or so yeah for sure and when that comes out we'll definitely you know mention on the podcast we'll we'll retweet you or whatever you just get it out there you know anything we can do to help we know that uh, the podcast game is kind of tough to crack into uh you know as media members ourselves we, we can now speak on that uh 
but no, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely, you know, do some collaborative stuff and, and shout you out once you kind of get it up and running. Uh, right now, go check out MrBallCaps.com for your greatest selection of vintage hats and clothing apparel out there. Um, all prices sell, so go check that out. Um, that's what I got right now. Uh, when you are at checkout, make sure you use promo code TMOM, T-M-O-M at checkout uh, for 15% off your order. Cool, yeah, and go to all the social medias. Just basically go to any of your favorite social media platforms and search The Masters of Mediocrity. You'll find our logo up in there. Um, the biggest one is go to Patreon, patreon.com, and search The Masters of Mediocrity. Um, you donate to us. It just helps us get our SoundCloud fees paid for. That's all we're looking for. We love producing this. We love doing it. It's a great time. Um, if you want to get on the podcast, if you donate $25, uh, you'll get on the podcast. So uh, just do that, and uh, we'd love to talk to you guys, just like Joey Betts. He didn't donate because we know him, long-time, uh, long-time supporter of the podcast. But he is if you want to be official, a- the official gambling guru of the Masters of Mediocrity pod. So that's why he's on here. I love it. And he's but if you'd like us- to be... He's won us enough money to to pay to cover the twenty five. So unless you guys can win us money or buy me twenty five dollars worth of scratchies, uh, that's the only way you're gonna. Help. Thanks for having me once also, again. Also, go guys. to our iTunes. Appreciate it. I was just gonna finish up. Just say go to our iTunes. Uh, go on there, give us five star ratings. That helps us with our iTunes rating and all that jazz. Joey Bats, thanks for coming on. Love having you. Good job. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Always fun. Peace. Cool. Everyone out there in podcast land, have a good night. Peace.